Hello, and welcome to this podcast, The History of Actor Training in the British Drama School. I'm going to get a, a fancy tune um, jingle jangle thing soon. Um, but in this early stage of setting up the podcast, I thought it might be useful just to, to set up uh, the idea of why why I'm making it and what I hope to accomplish with it. And um, perhaps also the, the reasons why um, I'm making it. So this podcast has arisen because of something that I see happening to uh, the British Drama School, a place where I've, I've lived and uh, played and um, uh, made my professional uh, living for quite some time. And I love drama schools. I think they're cool. I think they're wonderful places. And I've had all kinds of stimulating, um, fun and uh, adventures in them. So I'm I'm very concerned with them and I'm very concerned about them. And my thesis is that we're engaged in a process of changing them very swiftly and very radically without understanding what they do and how they do it and why they do it. And I know that's true because when I was trying to write a PhD about this subject a couple of years ago, it was very hard to gather the necessary information. There's no big sort of primer um, about the history of the British Drama School. Quite a lot have been written, has been written about, quite a lot has been written about acting training. And a fair amount has been written in various kinds of how-to manuals about the kinds of subjects that uh, add up to an actor training. So I'm not talking about acting classes now. I'm talking about voice classes and movement classes and historical dance classes and the Alexander Technique and the work of fight departments and the kinds of singing lessons that go on in drama schools and improvisation and the study of style and work on classical text and accents and dialects and, and all kinds of other things that have um, work on film and television, and microphone technique, on sight reading, on radio, now on audiobooks. So there's quite a lot that you do when you're in a drama school. There's also the plays that people used to study. Uh, Shakespeare, of course, Greek plays, Jacobean tragedies, Restoration comedies, um, the the great plays of Chekhov, or maybe a bit of Gorky, and then of course um, the plays of the third year, the repertoire of the of the last stage of an actor training. So it's quite a big, complicated thing, and um, it certainly hasn't been written down since uh, the widow of Michel Saint Denis attempted to put his notes into some kind of order. A number of years ago. So there, there is a document that sketches the idea behind Saint-Denis Drama School, but it's evolved since then. It, it arrived at that point via a history. So it's a big, complicated thing. And what I anticipated happening when I was writing my PhD has really happened. And that was two things, really. I, I felt that the steady... Uh, relentless move into drama schools becoming part of the higher education system, so becoming fully places that were connected to the university, 
either as departments of universities or as standalone institutions or, or as uh, institutions with degree awarding powers or as places that had their degrees accredited or whatever it was, it was very clear to me that the drama school was getting closer and closer to being associated with the university. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it was a, a change. And the other thing that was very clear to me was that the, the, the many imperatives of the social justice movement, uh, the um, ideas around that, maybe sort of beginning with Me Too and very, very clearly with the Black Lives Matter movement um, and all of that as part of a, a wider stage in the development of our, our political consciousness or the the, the return to that, however you see that. That was very clearly um, coming towards the drama school and perhaps most clearly crystallised in the in the concept of decolonization. So I, I could I could see that change was coming, and I felt that we weren't prepared to to intelligently respond to that change because most people in drama schools, even many of the teachers, but certainly the administrators and the leaders really had no clear idea about what the drama school was and what it intended to achieve. Um, I'm looking forward to having conversations where we find out the ways in which it was failing. So that's my point of departure. So what I'd like to do over the next, I don't know, 20 years, I don't know how long this will take, is to really try and dig down into the history, to talk to practitioners, to um, find people who know things that, that, that I don't, and to slowly put together some kind of a, a detailed picture about what the British Drama School was, and perhaps from there to find out something about what it might be. I'm hoping um, that this won't be um, tendentious. I'm hoping that this podcast won't be pushing a particular idea so I'm hoping I'll be able to find people with lots of different perspectives. To begin with, certainly, I'm going to centre on three schools, RADA, Lambda, and the Drama Centre, because those are all good examples of the three big stages of drama school history. They're all famous and important schools, but very specifically, RADA represents, along with Central, the, the first phase in the development of the drama school. Lambda, along with Weber Douglas and the Guildhall and, and many other schools, represents the second stage, which was when um, schools and colleges, which had been concerned really with music and singing, started to teach acting. And then the acting departments grew, sometimes, as in the case of Lambda, took over, sometimes in the case of the Guildhall became a, a discrete but very much equal part of the organisation. And then thirdly, um, the Drama Centre represents an, an innovative, experimental kind of school that, that, that was born with a very particular idea about acting in mind. So by, by, by looking at those three schools, and other schools will, of course, come into the picture, I'm hoping to begin to, to put something together that we can start to usefully describe as a history of the British drama school. So that's a, a brief introduction to what I'm hoping to get up to. Um, 
I need to improve my my tech before I really start. But I've got a, a, a plan. There are a few people I'd really like to interview first, people whose um, professions and expertise is very particular and very specific. Uh, I haven't spoken to them yet, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you who they are. But that's my plan. So um, uh, keep your eye out. Uh, I think I'm going to go quiet for a while while I uh, assemble uh, some some more specific ways of doing this. But it's something I'm very excited about, and I've been very um, touched by the response to even the idea of this podcast. So yeah, keep keep your eyes and ears out. Of course, I'll I'll link you up or link you in or whatever the, the hell it is when um when I when I get there. But soon I'm going to start putting this together. So thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any ideas, let me know. I, I guess I'll need some kind of um site. You're probably meant to have one of those, aren't you? But if if not, if you want to contact me on my own personal email, I think, is that okay? It's my podcast. It's fine. Um, you can email me on robertprice1869 at gmail.com. That's robertprice1869 at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. And I'll look forward to talking to you soon. Can't wait. Bye.